You're listening to the Fly the W670 podcast, Odyssey Sports, and we are going to talk to Paul Sully Sullivan, great MLB Bigfoot for the Chicago Tribune, long-time guy. Sully talking all things Cubs, Wrigley Field, the Bleacher Bums. Let's listen to him. Our next guest on Fly the W, one of my longtime favorite reads, uh, we have Paul Sullivan from in the wake of the news uh, with the Chicago Tribune. How you doing, Paul? Good. How are you, Crawley? Ah, oh, doing great. I'm glad you're able to join us today. Uh, I have been reading your articles for many, many years, and we've gone to many, many Cubs cons, and I've always just appreciated your work. And you wrote an article the other day that talked about bleacher culture. And I thought it was an interesting piece because of uh, a lot of what's going on on social media, people kind of arguing and sniping over kind of proper protocols or what's acceptable behavior in the bleachers. Tell me about what kind of inspired you to get out into the bleachers the other day. I think it was in the Brave series and, and talk to people about what's going on out there. Well, I, I've been writing about the bleachers for, uh, you know, since the 80s, honestly, for the Tribune. I wrote one on the, I think, the 50th anniversary in 1987. I've been out there. I used to sit with Bill Vack, so I did some stuff on him. I remember doing something on the final game of the 1983 season, even before I was a sports writer. So it's always been something that's interested me. And uh, as you know, when I write about the Cubs, I don't just write about the team. I, I think of the Cubs as a whole uh, cornucopia of stuff, like from the fans to the stadium. Uh the owners to Ronnie Wu to whatever you know the Cubs is more than just following the baseball team to me it's a, just a cultural thing in Chicago and uh, so I just decided to go out there last week I hadn't been out there all year and kind of check the pulse because I when I was home watching a couple of these games uh, I think it was the Cardinal series back-to-back games on Fox and ESPN both of them really uh, showed so much of the cup thing that I was like amazed because I don't really see it when I'm watching on marquee. Um, when I'm not working, obviously I'm usually at the games, but, uh, so I just wondered, uh, you know, what they were doing and what, why they were doing it, whether security was, you know, on them. And then it just, I talked to some people and, uh, just turned into a whole kind of like a generational look at, how every generation comes in and does their own thing and the older bleacherites, you know, either reject them or try and get along with them. And it's just an ongoing thing for, uh, that I've seen since the, the late eighties or yeah. probably early eighties really. And so when you talk about the cup snakes, that's kind of the big one. And it started, like you said in your article about four or five years ago. And at first security was absolutely grabbing them and absolutely not putting them down right away. And then shortly after, it was kind of decided, okay, as long as you don't cross sections, that's fine. And there was one instance, I think it was last season, where the bleacher cups, uh, the snake, fell onto the field and stopped the play. And so it's interesting. Yeah, that's no good. <laughs> it's interesting in this regard, like you were talking about. I think it was a quote you had of Bill Vec who said, this is a place where generations can get along. And I'm not a bleacher bum by any, uh, any stretch. I sit in the bowl. But if you could see the shirt I'm wearing right here for the podcast listeners, uh, Joe Obvious made this one, uh, no wave at Wrigley. And, and 
when I was growing up and, and I did go to the bleachers a lot more back actually when I was younger, before I had season tickets, it was this, you know, the three rules, there's no ties at Wrigley, no wave at Wrigley and you throw the opposing home run ball back. And to me, that's kind of what makes Wrigley special is, is you honor and respect the traditions of those mm -hmm. that came before you, you know? And I feel like for me, when you talk about the waiver, you talk about the cup snakes, you're not paying attention to the game. Like uh, a friend of mine, who's a bleacher bum, a bleacher, Jeff, you know, always says, Hey, look, if the score is 20 to one, well, yeah, cup snake away. But if it's a close game, cheer, be involved in that, in, in the game and what's going on. Well, yeah, I, I agree. You know, if the game's out of hand and you know, you're bored and you want to collect some cups, you know, <laughs> Godspeed. Uh, I did, I didn't really realize until I went out there that uh, some, the, I thought people just didn't like it because it's, you know, idiots not watching the game, but uh, it was brought up to me that, you know, the cups inevitably fall apart, the cup snakes and there's still beer wash in those and it like goes all over people. And that would be really disgusting to spend the rest of your day uh, in someone else's beer wash. Uh, I wouldn't like that too much, but uh, I do think that, no, go ahead. Uh, not only that, I don't want to be sitting holding somebody's cup while I'm watching the game, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, those people volunteer, right? I mean, you don't have to hold the cup, do you? I don't know how that works. It's usually people that are holding the cups are they're in on it. It's just the innocent bystanders. And as I pointed out in the story, I was once uh, ejected from Wrigley as a fan. Uh, and we had these little like spray bottles, like plant spray stuff. And we were just, it was 100 degrees. We were spraying each other, just little sprinkles of water. And somebody got a sprinkle of water on them, complained about me, and they they kicked me out. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and they, yeah, took me down to a station. It was a whole thing. So, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, it's always something at Wrigley Field. But uh, Cup Snakes, to me, is kind of a funny thing. But a lot of people out there really don't like them. So uh, I, don't, I don't know what you do if you're the Cubs. Uh, they say Marquis not showing them on TV, or at least the collecting of them. I don't know how you can totally ignore it when just a camera shot. But um, I don't know. Yeah. What do you think most people think? Are they really anti-cup or do they give it a, a damn? A I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to tell you, I get yelled at because there has been some video of me stopping waves. I've literally said, nope, there's no wave. I've shut down waves whenever they come in my section. And people Well, the wave say, is different. Right. Don't you think? Uh, the wave is a national thing that we don't do in Chicago or we try not to. It does happen. But that's something that started. I mean, remember when it started and uh, we wanted to be the city that didn't do the wave, especially um, in Cubs. But this is a thing that uh, seems like even though it happens other places, it's really a Wrigley Field thing, the cup thing. So when am I, I wrong? Uh, I think I think the cup thing kind of started actually in like soccer matches in Europe and kind of oh, got really? brought okay. over. Yeah, got kind of got brought over here. And, and, and from there, it's kind of not, you know, Wrigley's just the perfect Petri dish for the uh, for the cup snakes. You got a bunch of people having fun drinking beers and there's cups everywhere. So I think it probably works out and especially the way the bleachers are laid out. But I would yeah. say I, I would say that there's two schools of thought when we talk about this situation. 
you have the hardcore bleacher bums, and these are the guys that come every day, and they and they do cross generations. Uh, you know, uh, rest his soul, George Weissman passed away uh, prior to the season this year. You know, just just a and I remember yeah. a, I remember a picture of George holding the no wave at Wrigley with the wave and a red line through it and stuff like that. And there are uh, there are really good bleacher bum fans, whether you know. I'm thinking of Bleacher Tony or Danny Rocket or Bleacher Jeff or my tie guy and these kind of guys that get along really well with the old school guard. And it's, it's, it's like a passing of the baton. But there's also a new school that I think really kind of goes on social media and talks about, you know, there's why are you gatekeeping? And I never heard that that term before gatekeeping. So gatekeeping is you are preventing people from enjoying what they want to do. And so for me, it's kind of like for a lot of people, Wrigley's like our home. Right. And so if, if, if I have just some certain rules of the house, you expect people to follow. You don't have you don't come in and just do whatever you want. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I know, but it's really, it's not your house. It's the Cubs' <laughs> house. Uh, you know, it seems like our house sometimes, but they do own it. And uh, if they want to stop the cup snakes, then, uh, you know, they should be able to do that. Um, I'd like to see a real poll on, you know, what bleacherites think of it, because it is a very diverse crowd, not diverse as, as far as, uh, you know, culturally, but, you know, as far as age groups, uh, young and old, but mostly it's age. It's mostly young people there that are, don't you think, populating it. You even have the left and right field bleachers, which is almost two completely different cultures. So, you know, I don't know, Sully, maybe one day you're going to be the one that writes the book on the, 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 the bleachers. But, I, you know, I look back, my dad was in the bleachers in the 60s, you know, not a bleacher bum, but that's where he'd like to go. And, you know, with Dick Selma and, and kind of some of the chants and the way that it started, obviously alcohol has always fueled it, but... Uh, you know, it was it was about, you know, cheers and being goofy and, and whether you talk about uh, Mike Murphy with the bugle and all that stuff. There's such a culture. And like you wrote about this, this age divide or at least this opinion of what is acceptable and non-acceptable behavior in the bleachers. Yeah. And there's also, you know, I mean, even besides all that, there was always the Ronnie Wu uh, question because he, he was I've known him since I started going there in the probably the seventies. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of people that really don't like him being there, <laughs> but to me, I think he's part of the whole cub thing is, you know, Ronnie's there. He's not harming anyone. As far as I can tell, he's just a, you know, a lovable old cub fan who likes wearing his cub uniform and, and cheering. But some people, uh, you either love him or you don't want to see him ever again. And I know he is a publicity hog, so I, I, you know, get that out of the way for sure. He is a publicity hog, but you know, he's just a guy that's trying to enjoy his life and root for the Cubs. So I, I find him harmless too. You wrote another interesting article just the other day about the summer of discontent here on both sides of town. I was at the game last night and there was definitely people frustrated with David Ross and his handling of Keegan Thompson coming out later uh, and on the south side, there's a lot of, uh, you know, people unhappy with you hear the fire Tony chants. It is. It, what do you think is going on as far from a Cubs perspective? Do you think that fans are kind of starting to lose patience with Ross? Or do you think because of his World Series um, with the Cubs, he kind of has a little bit more leash than maybe most managers would? Um, I haven't heard uh, that much about Ross, people being upset because I think most people know that, you know, the team is, is just not 
any good. And uh, there isn't much he can do. Uh, you know, there are times, like uh, like you said, uh, people were upset last night that he left Keegan in too long or whatever. Uh, but that's going to be that's going to happen with any manager in any game. People are going to disagree with how he handles the pitching. Uh, but as far as you know, really, a lot of people anti Ross. I don't see that. I've I've never heard him booed. If if have you heard him booed? I maybe no. I, I wouldn't say he's booed, but I would say that people, especially the Jason Hayward situation, and and yeah. he was. He was in. Uh, he was on uh, a, a different podcast the other day, mentioning about loyalty and stuff like that. And I think there is a frustration level with, okay, if you, you know, is this your friend that you're putting in, or is this for the betterment of the team? And so I, I guess I'm hearing more chatter now than I have in the past. Yeah. Well, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, this is a really a bad season and a really, really bad month. Um... I mean, since the start of June, <laughs> so basically since that Yankee series, it's been pretty uh, hard to watch. So, yeah, it's, you know, if they don't uh, start winning some of these games, it's it's going to get uglier. But, uh, you know, I, I still think that uh, he, not that he gets the benefit of the doubt, but he's just going to get less um, criticism than someone like La Russa, who has a team that's built to win and is not winning. He, he has a team that's, basically built to lose and is, is losing. One more question I had for you. You know, I, I was walking around Wrigley yesterday and I'm just, I guess it's still kind of jarring to me to see that sport book, the DraftKings sports book going up. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on the sports book being at Wrigley? Well, I mean, it was probably inevitable that it was going to happen. Um, just another giant revenue producer for the Cubs, uh, you know, renting out this, building this space and renting it out to them. I've, I've been inside uh, and it is just huge. It's, it's amazing to, to see that they had that much space available there. You know, you kind of forget that this is right behind the uh, visiting clubhouse uh, area. So uh, it, it's interesting. I, I thought originally that people would be able to go in during games and bet, and that's not the case, which I think is kind of weird and counterproductive to the success of it because uh, I mean, why have a sports book in a sports stadium if you can't go in there during a game <laughs> and make a bet? That just seems weird. I, uh, I haven't heard that. So you, you, so from what you're hearing, you can't go from the game into the sports book. Unless I'm wrong. That's, that's what I heard. You have to like, uh, well, you can leave the stadium and go to the sports book or you could go to the sports book before the game and put your stuff down and go in. But I don't think during the game you can go in there. I'm sure you can still do stuff on your phone and you know, it's maybe it's not that big a deal. I'm, I'm not a gambler, but to me that the issue is uh, it's just so ugly seeing that thing go up and just knowing that every couple of years, another piece of Wrigley field is, is changed. Um, you know, we're kind of used to it now with the, you know, the, the office building and the, just the neighborhood is so different now. And I, I actually do think Gallagher Way turned out really nice. I have to give him credit on that one. Mm -hmm. uh, I like the big video board there that people can watch the game on. And I think that was a good idea. But, yeah, just building an annex to uh, Wrigley Field uh, for, uh, for this just, you know, I, don't, I, don't, I just think it looks – it's going to look ugly and just like kind of like Soldier Field when they – did the remodel and just lop the giant spaceship on top of the columns. It's just kind of ruining a iconic stadium.
And, when, and, and for a lot of people that don't know, uh, is that the, where the sport book is going to be off of uh, Addison and Sheffield right there is, is right where you get off in the red line. And for a lot of people, the first image that you see of Wrigley, if you're coming from that direction, now instead of seeing Wrigley right away, you're going to see this sports book. So I'm not a gambler either. And, and so yeah. it's kind of like, eh. It's kind of like when you go down Clark Street and you see Wrigley Field and it looks so cool. Now you see a giant office building uh, <laughs> or you see like the hotel or, you know, pretty soon it's just going to be the marquee and the uh, the center field uh, sign. And that's all you're going to be able to see. I, I used to love when you go by in the L and uh, see Wrigley. But now that's all blocked by rooftops. So, uh you know, it's you're never going to ruin Wrigley Field. It's too cool for that. But you're really uh, making it uh, worse, I think, in my opinion. Well, Paul, I appreciate you coming on here. I continue to enjoy your work. And, and, and I, I think about all the fun years uh, at Kitty O'Shea's and all the good times. And, and just keep doing what you're doing, man, because I love your work. And uh, where would people, if they wanted to uh, kind of see some of your work, where would they go looking? Uh, ChicagoTribune.com. I've been there like 40 years or so. And uh, <laughs> my uh, Twitter is uh, P.W. Sullivan. Uh, I've been there since 09. And uh, I don't know if I'm on uh, Instagram. Probably P.W. Sullivan. I've got a lot of Wrigley Field pictures, stuff like that. And, uh, I don't know. Just look around. Google me. You'll see me somewhere. We'll find you. You're a legend. Yeah. Thank you for coming on, Sully. All right. Thanks, Carl.